Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Old Man's Podcast. This is episode 37. I feel like I've got some excellent content for everybody on this newest episode. I am, of course, going to have a rant, because that's what I do. This rant is going to be about, well, what should we say, no-no words, the un-PC words, words that we're not supposed to use, run into a situation I want to share with you and see what you think about this. Health tip, the old man's health tip. I'm going to talk about sleep and how important sleep is. Of course, I have a pep talk for you. Your weekly pep talk is going to be a dandy. And uh, a segment on tech talk. I'm going to talk about cookies. What does cookies have to do with tech? You're going to find out. All of that coming up on this episode of the Old Man's Podcast. All right, let's open this episode with a health tip something that I've been doing a little bit of research on and talked to somebody that knows what he's talking about, and that is about sleep, how important sleep is. Guys, sleep is absolutely essential. We know that it's essential to our mental health and our physical well-being, both of those things. An article I read from the Global Council on Brain Health referred to the lack of quality sleep as being uh, one of the detrimental factors in elderly people's uh, long-term memory loss, short-term memory loss, early onset Alzheimer's. Things like that can be attributed in some way to poor sleeping habits or poor sleep. It's important that we pay attention to our sleep habits in order to manage these short-term and long-term health effects. If you do have a sleep issue, you can't go back in time and change it. I wish you could, but you can't. You can start at this point forward making sure that restorative sleep is a part of your daily routine. Well, I guess it'd be nightly routine, wouldn't it? That's what they call it. They call it restorative sleep, and it leaves us feeling refreshed and energized. You wake up in the morning and you don't feel refreshed and energized, you're definitely not getting restorative sleep. You may feel more in control of your mood and your emotions. Just have a better day following a night's sleep of restorative sleep. Your brain cells benefit the most from restorative sleep, but your entire body, all your physical cells will benefit from restorative sleep. And of course, the opposite is true. If you're not getting restorative sleep, you don't wake up feeling refreshed and you can't control your mood or your emotions as much as you could have 
Had you had a good night's sleep? So good night's sleep is so important. There is an entire medical field devoted to making sure people can get a good night's sleep. So just like there's heart doctors and lung doctors and neurologists, brain doctors, there's sleep doctors too. I've seen one myself. I do see one about once a year uh, to check up. They do sleep studies, which used to be a big deal to get a sleep study. You had to go in and spend the night at the place. Now they can send you home with the little kit. You just plug the stuff in yourself, uh, stick it on you where they uh, need it to be on your chest and other places. I don't remember the last time I had one done. I don't remember exactly what where I was sticking it, but it wasn't a big deal. You can do it yourself. You don't have to go in and spend a night at a sleep center anymore. It's much easier. If you think you're having any issues at all with sleep, you need to see a sleep doctor because this restorative sleep, good night's sleep, the health benefits, lowering blood pressure, I can just go on and on. It's so important. If you're not suffering from sleep apnea, there are medically proven things that you can do to help improve your sleep. One of the newest is the weighted blanket. Weighted blankets really make people feel cozy, I guess, but they really do work. The author of the article I read, he really pushed the weighted blanket concept, but that was a great thing to help people sleep better at night. So consider that if you want better sleep. In terms of supplements that people take for sleep, there's a lot of them out there, but the one that's most recognized as effective is magnesium, simple magnesium. It helps lower blood pressure and it does uh, provide a chemical basis for a better restorative night's sleep. In terms of supplements, consider magnesium. Take it before you go to bed. Another important consideration when wanting to secure a good night's sleep is routine. Research shows that maintaining uh, the same routine regularly for bedtime helps your mind and body get into restorative sleep earlier. And you may have experienced this when your routine gets messed up. I have a friend, she's very much um, a routine sleeper. She goes to bed at the same time. She does the same things before bedtime. She gets up at the same time in the morning. Her routine got messed up recently. Oh, just one night, just a simple thing of getting home a little bit later, not being able to get into her routine, and it threw her completely off. She was complaining first thing the next morning, about how terrible uh, night's sleep that she had, and it ruined her entire day. It took a couple days to get back into the groove of things. So routine is really important. You'll find yourself able to get into better sleep patterns when you establish a regular routine come bedtime. What are you shooting for here? And you're shooting for eight to 10 hours of good restorative sleep at night. And guys, naps do count. So if you're a napper, and man, do I love my afternoon nap. Whew. Naps do count. So if you did, say, seven, seven and a half hours at night and a half hour or an hour nap in the afternoon, good nap. Now you're closing your eyes and you're knocked out, you're dreaming, all that. Then that's, uh, that counts as your eight to ten. And you would make that. I think the final point I'd like to make on sleep is how important dreaming is. That's a real ballpark estimate of how good your sleep was. 
if you wake up in the morning you can't remember having dreamed anything and then there's a good chance that you didn't dream then you were not in restorative sleep if you wake up in the morning and you can remember a dream and it was uh, maybe even entertaining but at least you can remember they're always weird but if you can remember what you're dreaming about then there's a good chance that you had a good night's sleep with restorative sleep but when i get up the first thing i do is kind of play it back in my head what did i did i have any dreams last night and some of them are funny and they're hilarious some of them are weird but i really dig dreaming dreaming is a fun thing so restorative sleep that's what you're aiming for don't dream about it get it Settle into your seat because the old man is about to go on a rant. You know I'm prone to doing that from time to time. This uh, this one, this is a weird one. So let me start off by saying I am reading this verbatim off a job posting. These are not my words. I am going to read this verbatim. And you think about this. Does this make sense to you? So... I pulled this off of a job post, New York University. That's a pretty good university, right? That's kind of a big deal. The Gallatin School of Individualized Study at New York University seeks an adjunct instructor, that's part-time faculty, in, and again, not my words. This is what I'm reading this, word for word. They're seeking an adjunct instructor in queer studies for the academic year 2021. Okay, I'm not going to say that word again. It was hard to say it the first time. I'm very uncomfortable saying that. It just seems wrong. And I wonder how that word is not a no-no word. Like, why is this in a job description? Maybe it is a no-no word, and the person that wrote this document is looking for a new job that might be possible and that would be making sense to me i guess the reason i think it should be or it is a no-no word is we used it as kids and it was an insult you hurled that word at somebody if you wanted to insult them if you wanted to hurt them with words and it's just like a lot of other words that we no longer use i don't need to go into that but we don't use them we did use them to hurt people and that's why we don't use them now. We're smarter, right? Society is a lot smarter. Now, I know there's a TV show that had that word in there, that I for straight guy or something like that. I never watched it, but maybe it's one of these deals where if you are what that word seems to indicate a person would be, then it's okay to use it. If you aren't that, that's not your propensity, then you shouldn't use that word. I think it kind of sounds like the debate that goes on with the heinous N-word, and we all know what that one is. That's the discussion that you can get into with people. Well, it applies to me so I can use it. It doesn't apply to you, so you can't use it. Now, I'm not going down that road. You know what I'm saying. But what a lot of people think that is is a double standard, 
and I know it drives some people crazy. So some people support that concept that if you are it, then you can use the word, and if you are not that, then you shouldn't be using that word. I'm not going to go down that road. I think it's just this simple. If a person wants to not be called something or dressed as some title, like these words are, it's just polite to accommodate that request. And if for some reason I don't want to do that, then it's simple. I don't have to talk to that person. I'll just move on. Now, I know the whole PC culture is getting everyone's panties up in a bunch. Some people insist on removing all labels, and some people go rabid when faced with the PC culture. There's folks that don't even want to go him and her. They don't want to have gender identifications when talking about people. And, of course, other folks just go nuts. And I don't know, maybe I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't know where I fall. All I know is I will call you what it is you want to be called. And I will not call you what you don't want to be called. I mean, it's just being polite, right? And if you want to be called something goopy that I don't support for some reason, I can't imagine what that would be, I don't want to do that, then I don't need to talk to you. I'll just move on. Just just be polite. Address people as they want to be addressed. So I don't know where all this is going. I mean, who knows? But our society does shape our attitudes. So our attitude towards words, these no-no words that you're not supposed to use, will evolve with the dominant generation at the time. Now, you remember all those conversations I did on previous podcasts with the different generations? You could just feel the shift in what societal norms were on this topic as we went from older people to younger people we felt that there was more tolerance and more acceptance and a lot less use for words like this now i believe us old folks if you want to fit in that category we can just roll and adjust as well we don't have to stay in our way if you want to get a feel of how things have changed over the last 50 years and i do this from time to time watch an old episode of the dean martin celebrity roast it's 50 years ago right so it's from the 70s you will definitely see segments in those episodes that will make you cringe good or bad and for the record i say good we've changed how we expect to be treated by each other and what we tolerate in terms of language it's changed immensely in the last 50 years but that is also a problem And here's the problem, and it's a problem for us older folks. How do I know what it is a person does or does not want to be called? I guess we cross that bridge when we get there. And the way to that point when I'm going to talk with someone that I don't know, kind of language they prefer, I just tread lightly, play it safe, use safe words. Don't, uh, don't use language that can be offensive, and we all know what can and cannot be offensive. And you know, if I do happen to go down the wrong road and say something uh, offensive, I didn't do it on purpose, so I'm ready to apologize and beg for forgiveness. That doesn't seem so bad. It doesn't seem like it's that much trouble to me. It's just being polite. 
Let's all be polite to each other. All right, people, gather around. Coach has got a pep talk for you. For my weekly pep talk, I'm going to go with this quote. Now, it's by Charles Swindle. The name sounds familiar, but i got to be honest, I can't identify this guy. Life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. I like that, Charles. Wish I knew you. That's a good one. Life is 10% of what happens to me and 90% of how I react to it. Sounds like drama. I believe in general terms, we spend too much time worrying about the things that are out of our control. That's the 90% of how I react to the 10% of things that happen to me. My athletics background, I observe coaches all the time. They get caught up in what the officials call. And then sometimes they even get their teams caught up in it and everybody's focusing on what they think is the bad call. They lose focus of the game, your strategy falls apart, you lose your momentum, and a lot of times it causes a loss. If you lose your focus, you can lose the game. And you know how I am, guys. I talk about this a lot. Sports and life, there's not that much different. Sports are life. Life is sports. I don't know which way to go with that. But sports or life, it doesn't really matter. The quicker you forget about those bad breaks, bad calls, bad decisions by people that you can't control, the faster you can get back to making sure you win the game. I mean, think about it. You're never going to be perfect. So why would you expect perfection from others? People are going to wrong you. They're going to mistreat you many times on purpose, but not always. And when it happens, you just have to move forward from that. If you allow yourself to be mired in despair or enraged to the point that you can't function at your best, then you've lost. You've lost that game. You've lost at this game of life that we play. To win, we know we have to be focused. We need to be humble. We need to be gracious, be caring, be loving, and always be positive. If you confront rudeness with good manners, then you've won. If you confront negativity with positively, you have won. If you confront hate, bigotry, injustice, really malice of any kind, with love, you are victorious. When the actions of others control you, they have won over you. Folks, always strive to be the winner. Control your emotions. Be positive. Be caring. Be loving. Be in control. ready to play engage your brain that's right we're gonna do some trivia questions this is our once a week old man podcast activity that is intended to remind us that we need to do things 
to engage our brain. Crossword puzzles, get together with friends and play cards, maybe bridge. I don't know what bridge is, but I'm told it's a strategy game using cards. That seems like something that would engage your brain. As we get older, forgetfulness begins to creep up on us. I almost forgot what I was going to say right there. That's how important it is to engage your brain. So I'm going to do five questions for you just for practice, just for fun, and just to remind you that you need to be doing things like this. Today's topic is general knowledge. It's not knowledge about generals. It's knowledge in general. Question one. Man, my old science students, you guys better be getting this one right. That's you, Craig. You better get this one right. An animal that lives part of its life on land and part of its life in the water is known as what? It lives part on land and part on water or in water. It is an amphibian. Please tell me, my former science students, you got that one right. Question two, general knowledge now, can be about anything. This one's about comic books. What fictional city is the home of Batman? Where does Batman live? We all know this one, right? Gotham City. This one is um, biblical, but it's still put into the general knowledge category. I guess it qualifies as general knowledge. It's a well-known story in the Bible. Jesus raised him from the dead. Who did Jesus raise from the dead? It's become a known word to use when somebody rises from the dead, metaphorically speaking. We call them Lazarus. Lazarus was who Jesus raised from the dead. Question number four. What is the name given to the workplace and the official residence of the President of the United States? So this is the workplace and the residence of the President of the United States. My God, if anybody misses this one, it's because you didn't understand the question. Let me read it again. What is the name given to the workplace and official residence of the President of the United States? That is the White House. I hope nobody missed that. And here's one more question. And again, this is super easy. You guys ought to be going five for five, okay? Question five. What are the color of football goalposts? You've seen them, right? The goalposts, you know, they kick the ball through it. What color are they? They are yellow. Lordy, I hope you all got all five right. That was not too tough. But it doesn't have to be tough. It just has to engage your brain. And that's what we just did. So don't forget, out there on your own, find ways to engage your brain. Okay, I got a segment on tech talk for you. We're going to talk about cookies because the topic is how to safely surf the internet. So I use the phrase cookies. What the heck is a cookie? And you may have seen it pop up on your computer and asking you permission to go ahead and um, 
download cookies. Well, who wouldn't download a cookie, right? I want some milk with that. But that's not the cookies that we're talking about. Cookies are a key way that websites and online servers collect your information and sell it, they use it through cookies. Cookie is a little tiny file. It's transferred into your computer from any website that you go to. And your web browsers have different processes for turning on or off or adjusting these cookies. The websites use cookies to find out what the browser, that's you, the person doing the browsing, is interested in and get products pushed to you or push you to products that uh, advertisers will, will want you to, to look at and hopefully buy, of course. Now, websites are required to tell you if they use cookies, so that's why that message comes up there. And you can say no. It's usually done, so you'll see a pop-up blocker or a banner come up on the website homepage that says this uses cookie cookies, and you have to give it a green light to do that. Cookie settings can also be adjusted from your uh, computer uh, on your settings. That's another thing that you can look at. If you don't know what all that means, um, go to help, type in cookies, and you'll get all the information you need. Now, email. This is, uh, this is a common thing. I see this all the time at places like Starbucks where there's a public Wi-Fi. Checking your email on a public Wi-Fi is apparently very dangerous. So if your computer is connected to the internet with a Wi-Fi that is public, there is a vulnerability because your computer or your phone, if you're using your phone, wirelessly sends information through that Wi-Fi signal and can be picked up by um, anybody really in there that has uh, the right equipment to do that. So it's a best practice to not check your email when you're on public, non-password protected Wi-Fi. And we're on public open Wi-Fi more and more all the time. Don't check your email. So what I read about, some online security basics, and uh, of course the big one is passwords. Do not use common passwords like the password, your name, family member names, your birthday, anniversary, your phone number, anything that can be looked up. Once the bad guy gets one bit of information from you, like your birthday, or your kid's birthday, they may try to use that as passwords and start cracking into your things. They have software that will run through all kinds of um, common passwords like number sequences, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or counting down, or A, B, C, D, E, F, G, or all ones or all twos. That software will run through commonly used um, non-cerebral passwords in a hurry, and they may be able to get into your account so don't use passwords that are easy to crack like that. I'll admit that I don't know very much at all about passwords, VPN, all the things I talked about were just snippets of information I pulled out of an article I read, but it got my attention. And hopefully, maybe there's somebody actually listening to this podcast that knows a lot more about how to safely surf the internet. If you are that person... Hit me with an email at the old man's email at yahoo.com or on the Anchor app. You can actually leave me a voicemail. It's real easy to do. I could use a volunteer to do a, a guest spot 
uh, for an episode on technology safety, how to not get taken advantage of, because it's happening, it's happening all of the time, and I don't want it to happen to anybody. So if you're that person and you've got some knowledge on how to be safe with the internet and how to have fun, but do it safely, hit me with an email, hit me with a voicemail, and let's uh, let's take a look at that, because we got to keep them bad guys out, right? Keep the bad guys out. Well, we all know what that sound means. The old man has got to go. Things can't last forever. We have a finite amount of time that I can spend doing this. And you have a finite amount of time you can spend listening to it. Hope it was worth it. In summary, I am looking for a volunteer to be a guest on an episode talking about internet safety. I tried to babble through as best I could, having read some articles and did a little research, but I'm an idiot. If there's someone out there that feels comfortable discussing ways that us unknowledgeable heathens, if you will, when it comes to internet and computers and technology, we need somebody to explain to us just the basics, how to be safe. If you're that person, please volunteer. You all know how to get a hold of me. Here's the email, the old man's email at yahoo.com. If you're on the Anchor app, it's really easy. You can just use that app to leave me a voicemail, and that would be great. All I have to do is text you a link, and you'll be the guest. You can be anywhere on the planet. As long as you got Wi-Fi or data service, we're good to go. Please pass this podcast on to your friends, people that you're acquainted with. Help make the podcast grow. You can also do that by going back to your podcast delivery app, whichever one you may use, do a rating or a review. And of course, to keep track of things, and you're a Facebook user, would you please find the Old Man's Podcast page on Facebook and like it. And that brings this week's episode to a close. Have a great week and live boldly. Get off my grass! Damn kids. Hey, hey, baby! No!